Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast, a place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty of the Solidago School of Herbalism, coming to you from a bridged island on the coast of Maine. In today's show, I'm talking about chickweed. Before we get started, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor, nor do I diagnose or treat people. What I share is based on my own experience and what I've learned from my mentors. Ultimately, I want you to be empowered in seeking and achieving your own version of optimum health. I want you to be inspired to connect and relate to the common plants that grow all around you. Together, let's make home herbalism be as common in the everyday household as cooking a healthy meal. Now, without further ado, let's have some fun and dig in. Chickweed. Oh, so I was gardening the other day, or well, most days, and there was this beautiful, vibrant patch of a low-lying ground cover that's known as chickweed. And it really gets this like second flush in the fall. It kind of likes cool temperatures and moist conditions and maybe even slightly shady spots. And so in the spring, it's very vibrant. And then also it kind of fizzles out in the summer, maybe even dies and goes to seed and then comes back in the fall as like this nice, um, beautiful, succulent plant. And so... Uh, you could probably find some chickweed near you and work with it even still this time of year. We are in the beginning of November. Of course, we just had a stellar 70 some odd degree day yesterday here in Down East Maine. And so I'm imagining probably where you are, it's similar, maybe, um, or even nicer, and that you could probably find some chickweeds still around to work with. So I thought it would be a fun herb to talk about today. The botanical name for chickweed is Stellaria media, is the Stellaria that is most often used medicinally and as wild food. And it's in the family Caryophyllaceae. It's the, the name Stellaria uh, means, is a word that means star or comes from a word, a Latin word, stella, which means star. So Stellaria. Uh, and then media basically means medium. So maybe medium-sized plant, even though I kind of picture it as kind of small plant. It has, the reason why it's named after a star is the f- has five petals. The flowers are very small and white 
And if you don't look too closely, you just take a quick glance, it actually looks like maybe it has 10 petals because each of the five petals is really deeply cleft. So almost each one looks like two petals until you look really closely where where the petal meets the plant, um, the two clefts are already conjoined as one. So it's five petals that look like 10. And it's known commonly as chickweed uh, because it is a weed and supposedly chickens love it a lot. And I did have one beautiful patch of chickweed that kind of took off in my chicken yard and the chickens devoured it. And unfortunately it hasn't come back um, from that area. Uh, It's the above ground parts that are worked with both as food and medicine. It's actually a very tasty wild green and works really well in salads or even in a pesto. But it's so delicate and so much full of moisture that it may be fresh. It doesn't really work out well if you really cook it down. It's kind of kind of slimy and but it makes a nice addition to um, salads. So maybe you've already guessed by my quick little description, some of the properties of this plant is that it is cooling. It has very cool energetics. It's moistening. So it's kind of like the temperature that it likes to live in, cool and moist. And it's slightly sweet and salty in taste. The actions. So this is actually a very mineral and vitamin rich plant. So the actions tend to be very uh, broad reaching and but also it's a very kind of pretty mild plant as well. So there's so much that it has to offer us and I want to get into a little bit of the overarching actions and then I'm going to talk about the constituents um, specifically also the saponins that really offer a lot of its medicinal properties to it. And then we'll get more into specifics as far as different parts of the body that it can help and then how we can identify it, harvest it, and work with it uh, in preparations. So to dig in some kind of the overarching actions that this plant offers, that chickweed offers, are... Well, it's known as an alterative, and if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, maybe you've heard me speak about different herbs that are alteratives. And I've, you know, over time, you know, different herbalists have different general definitions as alterative. I would say in the heroic tradition, one of the main definitions that people link to alterative is they call it blood cleanser, and that's not really... Um, a perspective that we take in the wise woman tradition, but it's more of um, a supporter maybe than a cleanser, but it really helps the whole body's pathways of metabolism and elimination to work better so that basically, you know, we have less buildup of things that we don't want in our body anymore. So Generally, alteratives work really well with the liver and the kidneys and the lymph and the um, blood in general and the digestive system. And 
again, they're very overarching. And so you can kind of think of it as alternatives alter the body toward a better overall, better state of health by working with these really core, important body systems. So there's that. <laughs> uh, also, this herb is, you could consider it either very anti-inflammatory or inflammation modulating. So it really can help tone down excess inflammation in the body. And that really goes back to, you know, it's cooling and moistening. It also has some astringency to it. So we'll see that in a lot of when we talk about the different body parts. So the astringency is, again, it kind of tightens mucous membranes or really tones tissue uh, and, you know, prevents kind of excess mm, leakage, I almost want to say. Like if you have really runny eyes or, you know, putting an astringent on your eye is going to help kind of reduce that moisture. Or if you have a lot of diarrhea using astringents are going to help to like reduce that, all that excess moisture, even though it's moistening herb, which I find a lot of herbs are both demulcent, which chickweed is, and, but also astringent, which has this really nice um, counteracting effect in a lot of herbs. So Chickweed is also demulcent and emollient, so that's very soothing to mucous membranes and the skin. It's also a febrifuge, so that kind of ties in with its cooling. It helps to kind of cool um, fevers. Lymphagog um, just helps the lymph to move more freely. So if there's any kind of congestion in the lymph system, or we'll get into this a little bit more, but swollen Lymph nodes, uh, chronically swollen lymph, lymph nodes, chickweed would be an herb to work with. Um, nutritive, so really full of a lot of minerals and vitamins. So let's get into that. Um, phosphor, I mean, I could give a list and I, I will go through this list because I think it's really interesting. I hope it's not overwhelming, but just to give you a sense of how one herb can offer almost like a multivitamin and mineral all in one. And not only that, but it can offer these nutrients in a natural matrix that our body can actually recognize and utilize versus it just being in isolated capsules and tablets, which half of the time our body is does, can't even recognize the synthetic vitamins and minerals that we might take as supplements. So uh, some really core minerals that it offers are calcium and phosphorus and zinc and iron and potassium, which are all really important, magnesium, and then some of the smaller ones like chromium, copper, manganese, silicon, which is debated as to whether that's actually usable by the body or not, um, aluminum, cobalt, molybdenum, which are um, you know, vitamin, minerals, micro minerals, minerals that we'd only really need in small amounts, but still are important to have in tiny amounts. And then the the whole works of the vitamins A through D, essentially, quote unquote, but you know, A in the form of beta carotene, and then a variety of B vitamins, riboflavin, niacin, thiamine, rutin, biotin, choline, inositol, PABA, B6, and B12. So, 
really, we know that B vitamins all work better if they are all taken together. That's why if you are in the supplement realm, you look for you know, B complex vitamins, because they all work well together. But when we find a bunch of the variety of B vitamins in plants, and they're all together, we know we're getting some really benefit. And I find it's very interesting that this is also known to have B12 in it, because that's one that's very hard to get, especially from plants. Vitamin C, um, especially if you eat the plant fresh, and it has been, um, has a historical use of helping to prevent scurvy. Uh, Vitamin D, which is interesting to me because I thought we could only produce that from the sun, but that was in some of the literature I found. Fiber, it's a nice source of fiber. It has some sodium in it, which gives it that salty, slightly salty flavor. Has some coumarins in it, which are most commonly known as the ability to thin the blood. Although I will say that there's about you know, 13 different coumarins and some thin the blood, some quote unquote thicken the blood and some don't even have any effect on either way. So coumarins is kind of a, you can't really take a lot from just knowing that there's some coumarins in it, but it probably will have some effect on the blood basically, which brings us back to its alterative property. And then protein and fat and then Almost most importantly, in some instances, especially a lot of its medicinal properties, is the saponins in it. So I want to get into saponins and what general benefits they have on the body. And chickweed is definitely not the only herb that has saponins in it, but it does, it is kind of known for the fact that it has saponins. So, and specifically steroidal saponins. I think there's a couple different types of saponins and usually plants that have saponins have both the steroidal and the other type. But it seems like most often I see chickweed uh, referred to as having the steroidal saponins. So saponins, it sounds like soap, right? So soap, saponins give an herb this kind of soapy quality. It's subtle, but foaming, um, Pretty sure there's an herb called saponaria, which is also called soapwort, which we find a lot in Maine that grows around a lot of the foundations of really old houses and even old foundations that are in fields that are basically just holes in the ground from some of the, you know, first colonizing settlers that were here. And the saponins um, basically could be used as a soap. You know, they would like make some type of a cleaning agent with with the soap wart. Another um, plant that has tends to have a lot of saponins in it is quinoa. And so if you simmer it, if you cook quinoa, you might notice that it has this like bubbly, it kind of gets kind of fizzy and bubbly while it's cooking. And that's those saponins. Now, saponins tend to be generally beneficial for the body if you get too much of them all at once, especially if you're more sensitive digestive-wise, it might make you feel a little nauseous. So it's just something to be aware of when working with herbs that have a lot of saponins in them. You know, maybe start small and then find your tolerance with them. So saponins like, you know, soap, but what does soap do? Well, tends to break up fats, right? Right. 
and has this emulsifying property. So the saponins, especially in chickweed, um, can emulsify and but also increase the permeability of all membranes within our body. So they can, in so doing, they can increase the absorption of nutrients, especially minerals from the digestive mucosa. So not only does this plant provide a lot of minerals, but then it also helps the membranes in our body to absorb them better. So this would be a great herb, like if you're really depleted nutrition wise. Also, saponins can provide the ability to increase the absorptive ability of the membranes and also to eliminate congestion. So it can not only help to absorb, but can, it can also help to kind of break up congestion. So this can be really beneficial for the flow of the liver and the kidneys and even the lungs, which really ties us back into this whole alterative concept. So it can break up or emulsify fats similar to soap can. So um, if you have, you know, you know, if you eat a lot of oily rich food and you need help kind of breaking that up, this could be helpful. Or it's even been kind of as an herb that's somewhat known to be supportive in weight loss Um products or in weight loss regimes because it can help break up fatty tissue. Also, this whole ability to break up the saponins can help uh, break up cysts. And it's what's known as there's an old um, herbal action word called discutient, which basically means to like break up and kind of reabsorb uh, cysts and um, benign tumors and especially fatty cysts. It also can help to dissolve excesses in the body that we don't need, such as, you know, excess mucus, or even it can help break down the membrane of bacteria that we don't need or want, or maybe might be detrimental to our health. Um, any undigested proteins, and fats, it can kind of help to just kind of break that up. Um, it can help to dissolve like a thickened lung or throat membranes. And, you know, this chickweed itself, this is kind of talking about saponins in general. Chickweed itself is a pretty mild herb. So working with it to do a lot of these things, as we'll talk about, it really, you know, it's something that you're going to be incorporating into your lifestyle for a while before you really start to notice massive benefits, I feel. Also, saponins are known to kind of emulsify and neutralize poisons in the body. And, be, you know, as I said, they could emulsify potential bacterial membranes so they can actually weaken the bacterial cell walls, which then make them vulnerable to um, our immune system in disturbing their activities or, you know, makes it easier for our immune system to fight them. And the saponins can assist our bodies in becoming more efficient by assimilating and eliminating unwanted tissues, like I was saying, the cysts or lumps. 
And that can often, you know, um, even topically. So people will infuse chickweed in a carrier oil and then use that as a massage oil um, on, you know, lumpy breast tissue, especially, or, you know, over the ovaries where there might be ovarian cysts or even like sebaceous cysts, which are kind of uh, oil gland that becomes a little cysty on the body can help to kind of break those up. And we'll get into how to make that oil in a little bit. So that's kind of the general overview. Now I want to get a little bit more into specifics about specific ways that these can help in our different body systems. So for our cardiovascular system, you know, this ability of the saponins to help to emulsify and dissolve, um, it can really help to dissolve the plaque in the blood vessels and to, to help keep the blood vessels from getting really stiff and clogged. Again, super nourishing, very nutritive, and helps to build from debilitated states or states of uh, weakness, or even if there's a lot of uh, degeneration, like in your bones and tissues or muscles, maybe from um, injury or uh, malnourishment, then this could be a helpful addition to the diet, either as a food or as a nourishing herbal infusion. Also with that demulcent property, very soothing to all mucous membranes throughout the body. So let's think about what mucous membranes are in the body. And really the way that I look at it is they're basically parts of our body that come into contact with the outside world. And that's not just the skin, you know, that comes in contact, but kind of our internal skins, like our whole digestive tract, um, our whole lungs, um, the in- internal lining of the lungs, that mucous membrane that protects those tissues um, from pathogens that we're ingesting or inhaling or other um, things that can irritate those tissues, um, our urinary tract our reproductive organs. So we have, right, our digestive, our lungs, our urinary, our reproductive, and our skin. And even our sinuses and our eyes as well could be thought of that way too. So specifically for the lungs, chickweed um, can be an expectorant. So it can help to break up and help us to like cough up excess mucus while still, you know, soothing the membranes itself. Especially if we have a very hot, inflamed and dry cough, it can be very soothing and cooling and moistening, right? Those are all of its properties or all of its energetics. So for our skin, so any kind of skin irritation, infection, wound, rash, bee sting, bug bite, like if there's any irritated red skin that you have that you're dealing with, it itches, it's sore, it's hot, it's inflamed, it's burning, then chickweed um, applied topically can be very, very soothing. 
whether it's a poultice on a wound or a bath that you soak in, say if you have like really extreme eczema or psoriasis, it can just be very soothing. And for the wounds, it can actually stop bleeding, it can relieve pain, and it can help to, you know, um, fight some infection. I wouldn't say it's like very anti-infective, but it could maybe be a nice cohort to a really anti-infective herb where it's going to help make the bacteria more susceptible, basically. Uh, Eyes. Chickweed is a classic eye remedy herb. So anything from um, conjunctivitis to poor eyesight, um, because it has those beta carotenes in it, but any sort of infection of the eye, any sort of weeping or oozing of the eye, any sort of sty or inflammation. And this, you could either do a compress where you would soak a rag in the infusion of the herb, or you could actually take a poultice, like take the herb and mash it up and then apply that to your closed eyelid. can be very, very helpful. Because again, it also has those astringent properties, but also soothing and moistening. So the urinary tract, very, it can be diuretic, so help to kind of release excess fluid from the body, but at the same time providing minerals. And also soothing, so if you have... Um, like inflammation in your urinary tract or where if it's sore or burning or feels inflamed, then um, a chickweed infusion, I think, could be very helpful for that or for easing that, I should say. So for our joints, chickweed is actually known to be anti-rheumatic. And again, I think that goes to its uh, inflammation modulating properties and you know slight pain relieving properties, really beneficial for people who have arthritis or even if I would imagine if you have um, kind of buildups in the joints that cause irritation and pain. And then uh, we've taught, hit, hit on this a little bit, but our lymphatic system, again, really helping to move uh, lymph if you have swollen or stagnant lymph nodes, or if you just feel like your um, immune health and also, you know, your your ability to eliminate metabolites and all of that is kind of sluggish. It can really kind of help move things along. Uh, for specifically, chickweed has some effect on relieving nerve pain. Um, it might be more of an adjunct herb. Again, this herb, I feel like it's pretty mild and nutritive. So if you're in extreme nerve pain, I would probably look towards something more like Hypericum, St. John's wort, St. John's wort, then and maybe use chickweed as an adjunct herb. Digestion. So we talked about how it can soothe the mucous membranes and the whole coating of the digestive tract. If there's inflammation or ulcers or irritations or irritable bowel, it could be very helpful. Uh, also is a carminative, so it can help relieve gas and bloating and 
Um, it can help, you know, if you have a hard time breaking up fats, I would think it could be helpful if you have, um, issues with bile and gallbladder then, or if you've had your gallbladder removed, then perhaps it would make sense to me. I don't know if I've actually seen this in the literature so much, but that, you know, incorporating chickweed into your lifestyle could, you know, help to help to digest your fats better and break them down. Again, it restores, cools, and soothes the mucous membrane of the whole digestive system if there's any pain and inflammation. So we see this repeatedly. Like if you think of chickweed, just think, ooh, cooling and moistening and soothing and nourishing and helping to kind of break up congestion and let things flow better. And Again, for our liver, we've, we, you know, because it's an alterative and it helps things flow better, but also for people who are very classic, you know, get, have a really red face or tend to be very easily angered or agitated, um, that can link to liver health and the need for liver support. So that's kind of maybe a cue to incorporating chickweed into a lifestyle. And also um, support for female bodies and bodies that um, need help in promoting healthy menstruation and lactation. And also um, offering glandular support. So not only for um, like ovarian support, ovarian glands, but also for the thyroid. It's an herb that is known to help people who have thyroid irregularities um, or, you know, we already talked about swollen lymph nodes. Um, if there's any other kind of glands in the body that might be swollen or cysts in the reproductive areas, even as far as testicular troubles and ovarian cancers or, you know, any sort of swelling or burning or even itching in the test testes. And then, so that's all very physical, but then also on the emotional plane or realm, chickweed can also, like I was talking about, like this anger, this like liver anger, it can also just in emotional in general, just kind of cool and soothe the emotions. So if you tend to feel really heated or agitated or aggravated or easily set off, um, then maybe chickweed could be a nice ally to just kind of cool it. Uh, and then uh, magically, it's known to help in love and maintain relationships. And maybe that's because it helps cool the emotions. I don't know. Um, so contraindications, I can go to my trusty book. I think it's mostly, you know, if you concentrate it, concentrate the saponins in the chickweed from your preparations and you take too much of those, then they can be nauseating. But I have my Botanical Safety Handbook by the American Herbal Products Association, edited by Zoe Gardner and Michael McGuffin, and it has expert advisory counsel of really some really well-known herbalists like Roy Upton, David Winston, Aviva Rom, 
Tiarana Lodog, lots of um, herbalists who also really can understand uh, pharmacy and, you know, some that are legit doctors as well. So let's see what this book says. It says, no known contraindications, no known precautions, no known drug and supplement interactions, no known adverse events and side effects, pharmacological considerations, none known. Pregnancy and lactation, no information on the safety of chickweed in pregnancy or lactation was identified in scientific or traditional literature. Although this review did not identify any concerns for use while pregnant or nursing, safety has not been conclusively established. Now, there was, when I was researching uh, for this podcast, there was one really odd thing that I came across that was, that was talking about um, a side effect of seizures, I thought it was. And... Um, there was a there's one report of an alleged case of nitrate toxicity associated with chickweed that resulted in a minor minor sorry a mild form of paralysis and that was in 1988 however the standard nitrate content of chickweed is 0.1% and that was established in 1997 which is suggesting that the toxicity case Uh, from 1998 was due to environmental factors such as harvesting from fields where synthetic fertilizers had been used and was not actually from the herb itself, but was from, you know, the potential fertilizers that maybe it had absorbed or that were on it. So that's otherwise chickweed is, you know, has been, has no history of not being safe. And again, the only thing is potentially if you were to maybe if you were to really concentrate the juice of chickweed and drink a whole lot of it, you might feel a little nauseous. Okay, so let's get into the plant itself. So chickweed is an annual and it's native to the whole Eurasian continent, land mass, land body. And it grows year round even place some places in the winter time especially if it's mild winters but really kind of it doesn't like super extreme so if it's like super icy icy cold and there's no snow cover then it might not be so happy or could die and then also um if it's super super hot and dry it's not going to be happy and it might just set a bunch of seed and die and then you know have a regrowth in the fall and it's so if you want to promote your chickweed patch because it's an annual you want to make sure that you keep the seeds going so you don't want to harvest all of the flowers Um, or like the whole patch, because then it won't come back. Although a gardener would love to be told that, and they'll also tell you that it's kind of hard to totally eliminate chickweed from a garden where it's really established, because it can produce so many seeds. But there is a really easy way to harvest seeds of chickweed. If you 
you know, harvest the plant when it's in flower and it gets really kind of leggy and stemmy and more fibrous once it starts to bloom. Um, so you, it's harder to, I mean, you wouldn't want to necessarily put that in your salad, but if you found some chickweed, you know, more in the summer in that phase, then you could harvest that and put it in a brown paper bag and then put it in your refrigerator and it will kind of dry. I don't know why. I think I, you might not have to put it in your refrigerator, but I have. And, you know, the refrigerator can be very dehydrating, especially in the brown paper bag. And the chickweed will continue to produce, you know, will go through its cycle of flowering and producing the seed. And then it will release a whole bunch of little tiny, teeny, tiny black seeds all in the bottom of your paper bag after you know, a certain amount of time. I don't really know how much time, but not a super long amount of time. Maybe give it a week, give it a couple days, see where it's at. And then you can take that bag and then you can bring it back out to a patch where of nice, nutrient-rich soil that's going to be more, you know, maybe it will help retain moisture and is not in a super hot, sunny place. So even if it gets part sun, part shade, and you can just sprinkle the contents of the bag onto that area of soil. And definitely by the next year, you will have chickweed growing there. Maybe even by that fall, you will have chickweed growing there. You know, it's not one of these weeds that you're going to transplant because it's just, it's not going to want to be transplanted. But you can easily, you know, harvest seeds in that way and spread the seeds. You could, especially in cities, you can fi often find chickweed growing in container plants as kind of a weed or even in plant nurseries. It just loves containers. It kind of loves to buddy up with other plants. It also loves to be a weed in vegetable gardens, kind of under big leaved plants or maybe under your tomato vines. You'll have a bed of chickweed growing underneath or kind of throughout just garden areas. I don't really think of it as like a woodland plant or even a, the middle of your yard. It just kind of likes crooks and crannies and moist places. It helps the soil to retain nitrogen and it can be a really nice indicator for soil fertility. And again, because it has so many minerals in it, it's not a horrible thing for your garden. It's not like so invasive that it's going to crowd out other plants. It can just kind of be a ground cover that you can harvest at will and then also kind of let it die back down into the ground to help to restore the nutrients of the soil. Now, a really cool way, there are a couple lookalites and there are a couple other chickweeds. There's like a mouse ear chickweed that are, they, the flower looks the same. It's got that, you know, that white five petals that are deeply cleft that look like they're 10 petals. But the leaves are fuzzier and they are edible, like the uh, mouse ear chickweed is edible, but it's not as nice as the chickweed and not known as medicinal. It probably doesn't have the saponins in it. And it's like fuzzy. So sometimes fuzzy greens aren't super yummy versus like the very succulent kind of spinach-like greens of the chickweed media. So 
There's also a, poison, a relatively poisonous lookalike called Scarlet Pimpernel. And I know that when I was first looking for chickweed in my gardens, um, I thought that I, I thought it was covered in chickweed. And then once I really started look, following that plant, I noticed that it had these coral kind of pink flowers. And that's the Scarlet Pimpernel. It's also pretty bitter. And so we know, you know, bitter plants sometimes aren't the healthiest for us. And I know that Juliet DeBarkley Levy in her Common Herbs for Natural Health talks a bit about scarlet pimpernel, but I've also heard it as like not necessarily an herb that you want to really be working with on a regular basis. So you really want to know what you're doing when you work with it because it can definitely cause some serious nausea. But another way that I was like, no, this probably isn't chickweed is that chickweed has this really fun, unique way that you can identify it is when you look at the stem. So the leaves are opposite and they kind of alternate their way around. They kind of rotate their way around the stem. So each opposite leaf, the next one up is going to face a different, the pear is going to face a different direction than the one below it. And in between the two sets of leaves, their stem and the stem's quite succulent and delicate. Um, but if you look really closely in the light, you'll see a line of hairs that goes along one side of the stem. And then where those leaves then go down to the next set of leaves, you look at that piece of stem in the light, and there will also be a line of hairs on that part of the stem, but they'll be on the opposite side than the one above from leaf node to leaf node. So it's alternating line of hairs from leaf node to leaf node, which is pretty interesting. And it's like, I don't know, it's kind of magical and kind of beautiful. So you can harvest uh, chickweed in the spring and the fall, definitely when it's looking lush and beautiful, not when it's all like stringy and fibrous and going to seed because unless you're harvesting it for the seed, but once it's starting to go to seed, maybe you just want it to go to seed so that you have a nice, better patch, um, expanded patch for when it's in its prime. When, it, when you have like the young, tender plant versus the older, stringy plant. So how, what are the different ways that people like to actually prepare and work with chickweed? Well, um, there's the poultice, as I was talking about. So if you are out in your garden and you cut yourself or you get a bee sting, you can just do a spit poultice like you would plantain where you chew up a piece of the chickweed plant and put it directly on your wound um, or sting or bug bite or what have you. You can, I mean, it's so delicate. You can even just kind of pound it between two rocks or you just want to release the juices basically and then apply topically. You could even um, make iced poultices where you could get a bunch of chickweed and kind of put it in a blender and blend it all up, maybe with a tiny bit of water, and then put it in ice cube trays. So if you are, I don't know, if you even if you have like really uh, irritating skin condition, then you could take those ice cube poultices and you could take them out and you could... Um, can apply them to areas of the skin as a way of preserving the fresh poultice. You can freeze it. 
You can also eat it in food. So as I was saying, it's a nice wild spring green that you can add to your salads. And it's so mild tasting that pesto also works really well and is a very common uh, chickweed pesto is probably one of the best wild green pestos out there. And you can even add other herbs to it. You could add some parsley to it or um, some basil just to give it a little more flavor and to cut down on that soapy kind of slimy texture a little bit. And then just also add, you know, to make a pesto. My favorite way is I usually make parsley pestos. Those are my favorite, but a bunch of green herb uh, in a food processor with uh, olive oil and Parmesan cheese and toasted walnuts. Usually pine nuts are what people use, but they're so expensive. All nuts are so expensive, but I go with walnuts. And I toast them lightly just to give them that extra flavor. And then grind it up in the food processor and, you know, keep adding. (laughs) The way I make it is I just keep adding um, different amounts of either the oil, the cheese, or the nuts, or the greens until I get the texture and flavor that I like. And I'll also put some salt in there. It's delicious. And pesto will stay in the fridge for a long time. You could also do a very simple pesto, which would basically just be chickweed and olive oil. And then you could just keep it in the fridge. Um, or you don't even have to put it in the fridge because I guess like things that have a lot of olive oil, maybe they don't do well in the fridge. Or olive oil doesn't like to be refrigerated so much. But you can, um, you could even just, I mean, it's basically an herb infused oil, right? But then you can use it in your food. But I like to do the pesto personally. And I also think that a nourishing herbal infusion works well for chickweed. And actually, after doing all this research, I was like, I think I need some more chickweed in my life. And I just ordered a pound of chickweed from Frontier Co-op. And it was pretty inexpensive. It was literally like 15 or $16. So that's basically a dollar an ounce, which is one of the lesser expense. And I looked at a couple different brands and Frontier from the photographs anyway, looked like it had the better quality of chickweed and for the lesser amount of money. So that's the one that I went with. And I would and planning on just making a nourishing herbal infusion. This is a classic nourishing infusion herb where it has protein in it, it has minerals and vitamins, and it's mild in flavor um, and super supportive. And then, so you weigh out an ounce of the dried plant material and put it in a quart jar and then fill the jar with boiling water, put a tight lid on it and let it sit for a minimum of four hours before straining it strain it out and then you can either drink that whole quart in a day or if you're concerned about the saponins and the nausea then you can maybe start small and like drink a quart over one to three days but definitely keep it refrigerated so I'm going to be working with chickweed this winter I'm so excited it's going to be wonderful now it, for people who are working with chickweed um, as to combat and to break up as a discutient, to break up, say, ovarian cysts, which it has 
There's a lot of evidence that it can be very helpful in doing so. Then not only applying a massage oil with chickweed infused into it, but also in taking a tincture of chickweed seems to be the most effective. And you might even have to take that tincture for a year, depending on how big or how many cysts there are. Um, But, you know, I actually, I had a, I tend to have sebaceous cysts, like these kind of oil glands on my face and scalp and I had a really big one under my eye a while ago like a bunch of years ago and I was like oh well I think I'm going to try some chickweed and I used a lot of intention as well when I was working with the chickweed tincture for it and it went away um, and it hasn't come back. I ha- it's like one little tiny, you'd never even notice it until I pointed it out. It's like the only thing that's left is like this little tiny, teeny tiny little bump. But it was actually like, almost like, felt like, to me, it felt like it was disfiguring, like right under my eye, this like huge lump. And um, I chalked that up to chickweed. Um, I also chalked that up to maybe during being pregnant because things really shifted at that point too as far as that goes. But anyway, anyhow, that's my experience as far as that goes. But I've heard many stories of it really helping uh, to reduce ovarian cysts. And so that would be the tincture. So you just get a bunch of fresh chickweed. Uh, maybe you could find some right now, chop it up really fine and fill a jar lightly packed and then fill the jar again with 100 proof vodka. So the plant is totally covered, put a tight lid on it, let it sit for a minimum of four to six weeks, strain it out and there you go. Maybe take, you know, again, it's mild, maybe take anywhere between a quarter to a teaspoon on a daily basis, depending on you and how it feels and what your relationship is to the, to the herb and the tincture and the saponins. Another way that um, people often work with chickweed is they will juice it. And I'm not big on juicing myself. And you'd need a lot of chickweed to make a little bit of juice probably. But the juice is so rich in saponins that it's used topically to dissolve warts and other growths. But I probably wouldn't be drinking glasses of that juice because that's probably where you really would get the nausea. Another way that people like to work with chickweed is to infuse it in vinegar. And that's a great way to really extract all the nutrition from it, all the minerals. And it's then you can add it to marinades and salad dressings and what have you. Um, and then we talked about the infused oil a little bit, but because chickweed has so much moisture content to it. It's very succulent, um, especially the stems that people tend to like to wilt the chickweed for a day or two, um, just to let some of that water content evaporate before putting it in the oil, just so that your oil doesn't get really mm, smelly or moldy. If you put too much moisture in your oil, it's just not, doesn't come out great. So, you know, maybe um, 
wilt the plant a little bit. I also saw some older herbals. I don't know if it was, I think it might've been Maud Greaves, um, where they talked about taking the herb and cooking it with lard. And then, you know, as you cook it, the water is going to evaporate out and the lard is going to liquefy and, you know, absorb the qualities of the chickweed. And then you can apply that topically as well. And then you can take your infusion, the nourishing infusion that you're drinking some of. And if you want, you could also uh, spray it on your body. You could put a, a gallon of the infusion in your bath water if you have like a really serious uh, skin situation going on. Or you could just soak a rag. Um, or even after straining out your infusion, if you strain it through a rag, then you can take that wet rag that is full of the uh, used spent chickweed and you can just like rub it on your skin or tie it up and use it in the bath or the shower as a sponge, as like your washcloth that you would rub all over your skin. So lots of ways to work with this fun, lovely, little star flower plant um, and with little risk, basically. I mean, you know, no known contraindications or drug interactions. It is definitely more of a food herb than a drug herb and an herb that you want to give it a solid a solid chance. You definitely want to give it um, some time to work. So that's what I have on chickweed. Now quickly, before I go, I want to let you know that I am starting to do some interviews for the podcast. I'm I, Sometimes I'm like, what else can I talk about? I mean, I know herbalism, you could talk about herbs and herbalism for eons and still not run out of things to talk about. But I also wanted to bring some other voices to our community and share um, other home herbalists' stories uh, about how they work with plants and how they weave herbalism into their lives and their communities. And so this is a project that I'm excited to be starting. And I invite you, if you feel so inclined, if you'd like to share your story on this podcast, your herbal story, um, if you have a herbal you know, business that you want to talk about how you got started or um, a blog or a book or uh, a practice, I would... Um, be interested in talking to you and seeing if it would be a good fit to have you um, on the podcast in, in an interview to share with our extended community that is ever growing um, all the ways, you know, so that we can inspire each other really and share information. What is what home herbalism and people's medicine is really all about. So you can, if you're interested, why don't you uh, reach out to me? You can either DM me on Instagram uh, with your name and how I can contact you and if you have a website and your email address, or you can email me at solidagoherbschool at gmail, 
and I'll put that in the show notes. And you can look forward to um, some interviews that I've been working on coming up in the next few episodes. So stay tuned. And I want to thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or other episodes, I'd so appreciate uh, a rating on wherever you listen to your podcast so that this podcast becomes more visible to more people. And if you have a spare second or two, I would love a review. Um, It could even just be one sentence or two sentences, but just to show your support for the podcast, I would be really grateful. You or even a shout out on social media, shout out on your Instagram story. Oh, check out this podcast! I would love it. Tag me and um, either the Solidago Herb School or Healthy Herb Podcast, and I would be really grateful for that sharing as well. Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and my website where you can sign up for an informational and inspirational newsletter at. All of those you can find with the tag Solidago Herb School. Thanks so much for listening and for being a part of this community. I'm Bridget Doherty. Until next week, be well, let intuition guide you, and have fun with herbs. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.